Section 12 of The Little Angel and Other Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Matt Perard. The Little Angel and Other Stories by Leonid Nikolaevich Andreev. Translated by W. H. Lowe. Laughter. At 6.30, I was certain that she would come, and I was desperately happy. My coat was fastened only by the top button and fluttered in the cold wind, but I felt no cold. My head was proudly thrown back, and my student's cap was cocked on the back of my head. My eyes, with respect to the men they met, were expressive of patronage and boldness, with respect to the women of a seductive tenderness. Although she had been my only love for four whole days, I was so young, and my heart was so rich in love, that I could not remain perfectly indifferent to other women. My steps were quick, bold, and free. At 6.45, my coat was fastened by two buttons, and I looked only at the women, but no longer with a seductive tenderness, but rather with disgust. I only wanted one woman. The others might go to the devil. They only confused me, and with their seeming resemblance to her, gave to my movements an uncertain and jerky indecision. At 6.55, I felt warm. At 6.58, I felt cold. As it struck seven, I was convinced that she would not come. By 8.30, I presented the appearance of the most pitiful creature in the world. My coat was fastened with all its buttons, collar turned up, cap tilted over my nose, which was blue with cold. My hair was over my forehead, my mustache and eyelashes were whitening with rime, and my teeth gently chattered. From my shambling gait and bowed back, I might have been taken for a fairly hale old man returning from a party at the almshouse. And she was the cause of all this. She! Oh, the dead! No, I won't. Perhaps she could not get away. Or she is ill. Or dead. She's dead! And I swore. Part 2 Eugenia... Nikolaevna will be there tonight, one of my companions, a student, remarked to me, without the slightest arrière-pensée. He could not know how that I had waited for her in the frost from seven to half-past eight. Indeed, I replied as in deep thought, but within my soul there leapt out, Oh, the death! There! meant Polozov's evening party. Now the Polozovs, were people with whom I was not upon visiting terms, but this evening I would be there. "'You fellows!' I shouted cheerfully. "'Today is Christmas Day, when everybody enjoys himself. Let us do so, too.' "'But how?' one of them mournfully replied. "'And where?' continued another. "'We will dress up and go round to all the evening parties,' I decided. "'And these insensate!' individuals actually became cheerful they shouted leapt and sang they thanked me for my suggestion and counted up the amount of the ready available in the course of half an hour 
we had collected all the lonely disconsolate students in town and when we had recruited a cheerful dozen or so of leaping devils we repaired to a hairdresser's he was also a costumier and let in there the cold and youth and laughter i wanted something sombre and handsome with a shade of elegant sadness so i requested give me the dress of a spanish grandee apparently this grandee had been very tall for i was altogether swallowed up in his dress and felt there as absolutely alone as though i had been in a wide empty hall getting out of this costume i asked for something else would you like to be a clown motley with bells a clown indeed i exclaimed with contempt well then a bandit such a hat and dagger oh dagger yes that would suit my purpose but unfortunately the bandit whose clothes they gave me had scarcely grown to full stature most probably he had been a corrupt youth of eight years his little hat would not cover the back of my head and i had to be dragged out of his velvet breeks as out of a trap a page's dress was no go it was all spotted like the pard the monk's cow was all in holes look sharp it's late said my companions who were already dressed trying to hurry me up there was but one costume left that of a distinguished chinaman give me the chinamans said i with a wave of my hand and they gave it me it was the devil knows what i am not speaking of the costume itself i pass over in silence those idiotic flowered boots which were too short for me and reached only halfway to my knees but in the remaining by far the most essential part stuck out like two incomprehensible adjuncts on either side of my feet i say nothing of the pink rag which covered my head like a wig and was tied by threads to my ears so that they protruded and stood up like a bat's but the mask it was if one may use the expression a face in the abstract it had nose eyes and mouth all right enough and all in the proper places but there was nothing human about it a human being could not look so placid even in his coffin it was expressive neither of sorrow nor cheerfulness nor surprise it expressed absolutely nothing it looked at you squarely and placidly and an uncontrollable laughter overwhelmed you my companions rolled about on the sofas sank impotently down on the chairs and gesticulated it will be the most original mask of the evening they declared i was ready to weep but no sooner did i glance in the mirror than i too was convulsed with laughter yes it will be a most original mask in no circumstances are we to take off our masks said my companions on the way we will give our word honor bright part three positively it was the most original mask people followed me in crowds turned me about jostled me pinched me but when harried i turned on my persecutors in anger uncontrollable laughter seized them wherever i went a roaring cloud of laughter encompassed and pressed on me it moved together with me and i could not escape from the circle of mad mirth sometimes it seized even myself and i shouted 
sang and danced till everything seemed to go round before me as if i was drunk but how remote everything was from me and how solitary was i under that mask at last they left me in peace with anger and fear with malice and tenderness intermingling i looked at her tis i her long eyelashes were lifted slowly in surprise and a whole sheaf of black rays flashed upon me and a laugh resonant joyous bright as the spring sunshine a laugh answered me yes it is i i i say i insisted with a smile why did you not come this evening but she only laughed laughed joyously i suffered so much i felt so hurt said i imploring an answer but she only laughed the black sheen of her eyes was extinguished and still more brightly her smile lit up it was the sun indeed but burning pitiless cruel what's the matter with you is it really you said she restraining herself how comical you are my shoulders were bowed and my head hung down such despair was there in my pose and while she with the expiring afterglow of the smile upon her face looked at the happy young couples that hurried by us i said it's not nice to laugh do you not feel that there is a living suffering face behind my ridiculous mask and can't you see that it was only for the opportunity it gave me of seeing you that i put it on you gave me reason to hope for your love and then so quickly so cruelly deprived me of it why did you not come with a protest on her tender smiling lips she turned sharply to me and a cruel laugh utterly overwhelmed her choking almost weeping covering her face with a fragrant lace handkerchief she brought out with difficulty look at yourself in the mirror behind oh how droll you are contracting my brows clenching my teeth with pain with a face grown cold from which all the blood had fled i looked at the mirror there gazed out at me an idiotically placid stolidly complacent inhumanly immovable face and i burst into an uncontrollable fit of laughter and with the laughter not yet subsided but already with the trembling of rising anger with the madness of despair i said nay almost shouted you ought not to laugh and when she was quiet again i went on speaking in a whisper of my love i had never spoken so well for i had never loved so strongly i spoke of the tortures of expectation of the venomous tears of mad jealousy and grief of my own soul which was all love and i saw how her drooping eyelashes cast thick dark shadow over her blanched cheeks i saw how across their dull pallor the fire bursting into flame through a red reflection and how her whole pliant body involuntarily bent towards me she was dressed as the goddess of night and was all mysterious clad in a black mist-like face which twinkled with stars of brilliance she was beautiful as a forgotten dream of far-off childhood as i spoke my eyes filled with tears and my heart beat with gladness and i perceived i perceived at last how a tender piteous smile parted her lips and her eyelashes were lifted all a-tremble slowly 
timorously but with infinite confidence she turned her head towards me and and such a shriek of laughter i never heard no no i can't she almost groaned and throwing back her head she burst into a resonant cascade of laughter oh if but for a moment i could have had a human face i bit my lips tears rolled over my heated face but it that idiotic mask on which everything was in its right place nose eyes and lips looked with a complacency stately horrible in its absurdity and when i went out swaying on my flowered feet it was long before i got out of reach of that ringing laugh it was as though a silvery stream of water were falling from an immense height and breaking in cheerful song upon the hard rock part four scattered over the whole sleeping street and rousing the stillness of the night with our lusty excited voices we walked home a companion said to me you have had a colossal success i never saw people laugh so hello what are you up to why are you tearing your mask i say you fellows he's gone mad look he's tearing his costume to pieces by jove he's actually crying End of section 12.